with drama queens and heroes Acted out there on the silver screen Come grab a seat, popcorn is on me Hello, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I'm Noel T. Manning II, and I'm not hanging out with Dora, but this guy, Thomas Manning, used to be able to do a pretty good, hi, I'm Dora. You used to do pretty well on that. Yeah, I used to have the impression pretty good and down pat, but uh, I think my voice has gotten a little bit deeper over the years. Um, and my, my range, my, my like the, the range of the high yeah, notes, I don't quite have anymore. Yeah, but so. you, can, you can sing like Taylor Swift. Well, you sing Taylor Swift like nobody else. Let's just leave it at that. You were supposed to keep that one a secret, but yeah. Well, uh, Greg Tillman back there, uh, Mission Control, appreciate you, man. Uh, this is Meet Me at the Movies. We do talk films and cinema and all sorts of stuff right here uh, each week on C19 TV. And if you're listening to the radio and the podcast through WGWG, uh, we appreciate that as well. A lot to try to cover. Uh, we are at the end of summer, uh, and which kind of ties into uh, the non-viewer mail I received. Uh, non-viewer mail uh, came out from Faustin. It was Roland from Faustin, and he asked this question. Uh, Dear Meet Me at the Movies crew, do you think we're going to see a summer box office like we used to see anytime soon? Basically, the question is, when are we going to be able to see summer numbers in the billions worldwide again? I, I think it's going to be a while. I, 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 we're not there. Uh, if you look at this, this year's uh, numbers, we're not there. And I think it's going to be a long time before people are ready to go in masses uh, in, in, in theaters uh, without some kind of space. Even the critics uh, are, are feeling the same way. You look at the box office numbers, Thomas, uh, and these are domestic box office numbers for this year, for this summer. Uh, Black Widow was number one with about 182 million. Jungle Cruise, 106 million. This is like domestic, but for the whole summer, and it's the number two film, uh, Free Guy at 94 million, Shang-Chi, or Shang-Chi, 90 million after only, you know, one weekend, basically an extended weekend at the box office, and then F9, The Fast Saga, at 84 million. So those are the box office numbers for the summer, which is not like what we're used to uh, in years past. Last year, of course, was, was different as well. But any, any thoughts on, on that question uh, as it relates to when are we going to see the box office numbers, especially in the summer, blockbusters like we used to? Well, obviously, the uh, the Disney umbrella certainly has a lot of influence on what draws people out to the uh, out to the cinema these days, as you can see with that top five. Um, I was a bit surprised that the Suicide Squad uh, kind of fell under the radar a little bit. It I don't know of the, of the domestic total, but I think it was you know it was obviously less than um, 80 million yep. total and uh, worldwide probably less than 150 million, which was a bit disappointing. I was hoping we would see that one gain a little bit more traction. Uh, but um, definitely we see that the Marvel brand recognition continues to uh, have a stronghold on the audiences around the United States and around the world uh, with Shang-Chi just overperforming this yes. weekend, uh, breaking, breaking all sorts of Labor Day records and I think smashing projections. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's just huge win for, um, you know, huge win for theaters around the country as well and audiences just because um, they were talking about delaying so many fall releases right. uh, because a lot of things had to be underperforming as of late. 
Uh, but then you have Shang-Chi come in and pretty much save the, uh, save the fall release schedule, it's looking like. Yeah, it did. And, and you know, we're going to have uh, other films that have been delayed. We've been talking about that for a few weeks. That uh, Some of those tentpole films that they have to make the money back on, they're, they're going to hold off on those until they're ready. Uh, there have been some great memes out there about Top Gun, and there's, there's one that's awesome shot of, of uh, an aged uh, Tom Cruise on a, on a motorcycle. Looks like he's about 112, and I think there's like a walker attached to his back, and it may be around that time before we get a chance to see that Top Gun <laughs> sequel. We'll have to wait and see. Well, uh, let, let's talk, uh, and, and this is a preview. We're going to talk about uh, fall releases pretty soon, but first, a couple of movies we want to review, review including one we uh, teased last week uh, called The Last Matinee. If you like horror films, if you like going to theaters to watch horror films, uh, this may be something that you want to check out. Uh, well, well, it kind of might turn you off of the theatrical experience. <laughs> uh, because as we all know, sometimes the theatrical experience can be just really bad. It's just completely awful. Um, and we even have, at the beginning of this film, a little bit of a tease. Uh, there, there's one man who's sitting in the audience. It's a pretty small matinee crowd, like a Saturday evening. There's maybe like half a dozen groups of people in there, all scattered throughout. And just one guy just can't stand all the, all the chattering and talking going on. He's just trying to watch the movie, and then he just gets up and leaves. He's like, all right, I've had enough. Can, you, can all of you guys please just shut up? And, um, but the funny thing is, that only scratches the surface of what of just how awful this theatrical experience becomes throughout the rest of the night, uh, because it turns out that there's a murderer in their midst who begins picking off each audience member one by one, as they're uh, so it's basically a horror movie, but they're also sitting in this matinee theater watching a horror movie. So extremely meta, extremely uh, self-aware, self-referential, and um, it's just funny that um, you know I, I heavily related to that guy who just couldn't take it anymore and left and that was right. that was before the murderer even showed up so, so you would have so, survived yeah, yeah I think I think I would have survived um, but it uh, this one definitely um, leans heavily into the B B horror movie kind of like schlocky yeah. schlockiness yeah. I guess yeah, you could yeah, yeah. say uh, the practical effects are way over the top and they're so very well done um, it's, it's kind of kind of gruesome and a little bit grotesque but um, it it kind of gives you everything that um, if you go into this movie expecting something along those lines right it kind of hits all of hits all the nail points for you okay so it's uh, if you like uh, horror movies but with a twist, yeah. horror movies about horror movies. This is, this is one of those yeah. that, that finds a nice way to, to make that happen. Uh, limited cast, sounds like it's all in one location. Yeah. Um, and so uh, talk about the production design for this, because if you're in a movie theater and it's dark most of the time, uh, lighting, cinematography, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, the way it's shot, um, it's very, very melodramatic uh, with its slow motion and um, the, the lighting, the you know, light streaming through the darkness, the way all that is constructed is re really interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, as you mentioned, very small cast. Um, they almost do small little short films with each subplot. Interesting. Um, so they okay. have, you know, different groups of people um, within the theater. And as the murderer is approaching them to kind of pick them off one by one, um, you kind of get a certain emotional connection to each of these characters. A little backstory. Because, yeah, you get a little bit of a backstory. You understand um, what is going on at th that point in their lives and uh, the kind of, you know, five to ten minute subplot that kind okay. of develops what's going on with them and uh, before you, know, you have the, the mass murderer come in and just 
take care awesome. of this. Yeah. And you got an in-depth review of this, uh, written review on Elements of Madness. People can check that out uh, as well. That's right. What is your uh, rating for the film called The Last Matinee? Uh, yeah, for the last matinee, I'm going to give it a solid B plus, um, okay. and it's great for uh, Halloween season coming up. So. Okay, very cool. Uh, B plus for the last matinee. Uh, there is a, uh, a new film uh, released on Blu-ray. It was actually released this summer in limited theaters called Till Death. It stars Megan Fox, and uh, interesting film. Uh, it's Weekend at Bernie's meets Survivor meets Home Alone. It's not a comedy, but the elements of those kind of things. Uh, if you put those things together, you can, you can figure out where this is going. Uh, there's this woman who's in this marriage that she doesn't want to be in. First 10, 15 minutes of this, you realize, uh, it, it, almost think this is going to be a relationship drama about uh, adultery and maybe some of the chaos that can happen because of that. 11th anniversary of this wedding between Megan Fox and her husband. He's uh, you know, wealthy. He's this attorney that's, that's got all the money in the world and, and wants to take her out and, and, and treat her nice on the town. Ends up taking her to a lake house. The next morning, she wakes up. Husband's beside her. She's handcuffed to him, and she's like, what, what's going on? And then he proceeds to pull the trigger, kill himself while she's handcuffed to him. So that's where the weekend at Bernie's thing comes along. She's having to figure out how to, you know, get these handcuffs off, how to get a, get away from from what's happening. She snowed in uh, this lake house, and there's knocks at the door, and come to find out, there's an assassin squad coming to kill her as well. So you you throw all that together, and and it really does become this suspense thriller. Uh, the first. 10, 15 minutes, uh, I was really hoping that it was going to get better, and it did. My wife and I both were watching this, uh, Rod and I, Beth, and, and Megan Fox, no Oscar performance in the first 10 or 15 minutes for this, none at all. But I will say she kind of held her own when she was grunting, groaning, and, and trying to drag this dead body around this house uh, and trying to find ways to to remove the handcuffs. And uh, this guy had it planned really well. Her husband had it planned really well. All the tools were taken out of the house. All the things were gone. So every time she would try to find something that could help her escape, it just didn't happen. But I was actually pleasantly surprised. Uh, the, the whole element of her, honestly, for most of the film, she was acting against herself, uh, you know, having this this, like I said, this dead body um, beside her. I was actually impressed with that. So uh, the film definitely got better. Uh, there are some interesting twists that happen along the way as well. You get to learn more about her backstory, the backstory of the husband, uh, and the backstory of those trying to kill her. Uh, Till Death, uh, you can find that on Blu-ray right now. You know, you expect with a Blu-ray to have some great commentary and some other things, but really all this had was a short seven or eight minute kind of documentary behind the scenes, but it focused more on the story. Uh, there were some prosthetics that I, that I was intrigued with, and also I really wanted to know the behind the scenes of, okay, how, you know, when she was doing these uh, scenes of dragging this body, was she, was she really dragging something? Uh, but they didn't go into that, so that was kind of a disappointment from the Blu-ray Blu standpoint. But the story uh, itself held up, uh, C-plus rating, for me with Till Death, I didn't have high expectations for it, but 
it was worth worth my time. Any thoughts yeah. or questions? Yes, yeah, so Megan Fox, I I remember she she was kind of coming up through the industry in Transformers, and then after she was kind of dropped from that franchise, she might have had a little bit of trouble getting work. But it looks like she's getting some work again. Yeah, yeah she had uh, uh, what switch midnight in the switchgrass yeah. that I interviewed that I reviewed just a, a few a uh, few weeks ago, which wasn't a great film. Um, yeah, I think with her, if you can find the acting that that fits her specialty, she can do well in it. But she really showed no emotion in the first 10, 15 minutes. And that was really taking me out of it. But it, it, it definitely came back. So glad I got a chance to, to watch this and stick around for what was to come in the final. Uh, it was about a 90-minute film. So the final 75 or 80 minutes were, were worthwhile. Well, uh, we are going to, uh, after the break, we're going to come back and we're going to dive into Fall releases, we're going to talk about some of our uh, expectations for the fall box office and some things we're looking forward to as we dive into award season. Uh, that right after this quick intermission right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Did you boogie with your baby in the back row of the movie show? Cleveland Community College has identified strengthening online learning as the topic for its quality enhancement plan. We're calling it SOUL. SOUL's five-year implementation plan is focused on continuous improvement of online courses and promoting student success. We're excited for you to take this journey with us. Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. I uh, hope you enjoyed that amazing intermission right here on C19 TV and WGWG. Noel T. Manning II here, Thomas Manning there, uh, Greg Tillman back there on Mission Control with that beautiful scarf. Uh, he's getting ready for some uh, Western as we talk about 
fall preview. That's right, the fall movie preview right here on C19 TV. So what's, uh, what's one of those on your list, Thomas? We're talking about Last Night in Soho from director Edgar Wright, who is one of my favorite filmmakers working today. And he's been, uh, you know, he's been working since like 2003 with Shaun of the Dead. And that was kind of a horror comedy. But here he is 18 years later with a true horror thriller. Um, it's a kind of a sci-fi horror thriller. You got some time travel elements. You got some Freaky Friday body switch elements. Uh, you have Thomas M. McKenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. Basically, I don't know exactly the, the full context behind their characters, but it looks like they're playing kind of two sides of the same coin. And um, it's um, from the trailer shots, it looks like they're paying some homages to classic horror thrillers of the 60s and 70s. Uh, a lot of things that inspired Edgar Wright growing up. He's kind of going back to, uh, going back to those roots and crafting almost like, Almost like a dark love letter to the, yeah. the movies that inspired him. Just a lot of things about Last Night in Soho that I'm absolutely ecstatic to see, and it just just premiered at uh, the Venice Film Festival and gotten some uh, gotten some rave reviews there. And um, this is set for late October release, uh, right around my birthday. So uh, I'm I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, so many things about what you said about that film make me want to see it even more. And I remember seeing the trailer going, wow, there's something different about this. And uh, yeah, getting very excited. You know, the past couple of weeks, we have had a lot of these, uh, a couple of major festivals where there have been some world premieres where we're starting to get that uh, award buzz. Uh, one of those uh, is a film called Belfast. And this is Kenneth Branagh's uh, new film. It's a black and white film um, that uh, stars Judy Dench and Jude Hill, newcomer uh, Jude Hill uh, as well. It's a coming of age drama that takes place in the 60s and, and looks at what's going on in Northern Ireland. Uh, some of the other things I love about uh, this and, and really making me want to see it even more is I love Van Morrison's early music. And Van Morrison uh, has eight songs that are going to be part uh, of this soundtrack uh, as well. Uh, and also a new song that he wrote specifically uh, for this film. It did have a world premiere uh, at Telluride uh, back uh, just beginning of September. Uh, set for release uh, November 12th, uh, 2021. So I'm uh, looking forward to this. I've loved Branagh for so many years, his writing, his acting, his directing, and so looking forward to what he's going to do with this black and white film called Belfast. Uh, so we're talking about, uh, now we're talking about Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. So Ridley Scott actually has two films coming out this award season, which is just an insane thing to think about for someone who's over 80 years old. Uh, but The Last Duel, here he is, uh, almost going back to that gladiator type um, swords and shields um, story with uh, here you have in the cast, you have Matt Damon, you have Ben Affleck, you have Adam Driver, and then uh, Jodie Comer, who we saw yes. earlier this year in Free Guy, absolutely loved her in that kind of a comedic role, but here she is in just a straight uh, period drama. It looks like um, the, the sets, production design are just going to be just out of this world uh, as far as their authenticity and detail goes and uh, anytime you have Ben Affleck and Damon together it's going to be incredible but also add Adam Driver, Driver to the mix yeah. like he's he's one of my favorite actors uh, since he burst on the scene a few years ago with The Force Awakens and he's just continued to get so many so many more great roles and prove himself with each room each one proves versatility, and uh, here he is um, back with uh, Ridley Scott, as he's also going to be in another Ridley Scott film that we might talk about later on, but uh, very much looking forward to The Last Duel. Yeah, and, and talk about Adam Driver. I mean, you look at what else he's already done this year with uh, the Amazon uh, original uh, Annette, and uh, when that uh, film was had its world premiere a few months ago, 
there was like a 10-minute standing ovation uh, for that particular film because it was so creative and so unique. So, yeah, Adam Driver, uh, definitely somebody who has burst on the scene and was able to prove immediately that he wasn't stuck in the stereotypical role of, you know, the, the son of, of Han Solo and, uh, and, and Princess Leia. He was able to do more. Kyle, he was more than Kylo Ren. And, uh, you know, we saw him, was it... Uh, was it last year, two years ago, the marriage story? Yeah, kind of lost track story. of the yeah. of the, the years now with uh, with COVID. But man, he's so amazing. Black Klansman, Logan, yes. Logan Lucky. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's so amazing. He's so amazing. Well, somebody else that I, I don't think gets their due uh, and and is a great actor is Will Smith. Uh, you know, he he's done comedy, he's done action, he's done drama. Uh, I look at what he did with the Michael Mann film Ali. Uh, and also Pursuit of Happiness. Well, he's got a new film. It's a biopic called King Richard, and it, and it follows the story of Venus and Serena Williams and their dad, who is uh, training them to be more than anybody expected. And it follows that story, and there's already Oscar buzz for him and others uh, in this cast uh, as well. Uh, it did premiere also at the Telluride Film Festival. Uh, it will get a theatrical release on November 19th, uh, Warner Brothers uh, is releasing this. It will also get the HBO Max release uh, at the same time. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer for this, I recommend you checking it out. It's called King Richard. And uh, from, from all I've seen, especially from some of the deep reviews, expect a few uh, sweating eyeballs before this film uh, wraps as well. King Richard uh, to be released November 19th. Awesome. And uh, my next choice is Don't Look Up. So this is Adam McKay's newest film. It's coming to Netflix this, uh, this winter, I believe. And anytime you have Adam McKay, you know, there's going to be some social satire and some dramedy and uh, a great cast. And um, this is, so this film, you have the likes of Leonardo DiCaprio and you have Jonah Hill. You have Kate Blanchett. You have an entire cast of whole, whole host of other great casting um, characters from um, you know, Hollywood that are just top of the game. And uh, this is about, this. here's the synopsis. You have two low-level low astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. <laughs> and um, I've, I have a feeling that there's definitely going to be some uh, some acting nominations to come out of this one, uh, maybe, maybe original screenplay. And um, I'm just very much, anytime you put Adam McKay's name next to something, I, I'm there with it. I love talking award season, and Adam, you're right, Adam McKay has found a way to just create something that uh, is artistically intriguing, but also something that can appeal to the quirky nature uh, that people will want to see as well. And he can tell stories in, in ways that you never quite expect. That's what I love about Adam McKay. Um, another biopic, I'm kind of drawn to these biopics. Uh, back in 2000, there was an award-winning documentary called The Eyes of Tammy Faye that looked at the life of Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker and kind of the fall from grace from the, the PTL network. Well, they've turned that documentary into a feature film starring Jessica Chastain uh, and also uh, Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, Andrew Garfield, that Spider-Man, yeah. uh, starring as Jim Baker. Um, really looking forward to what they're going to do with this. Uh, it's one of those that you could, you could take this into the parody route or you could take it into the dramatic route. And I think they're, they're finding a way to balance the lines between both. And what you're seeing is these actors that are playing real-life characters 
And for those of the, us who have seen these real-life characters uh, on screen before, I think we're going to be amazed, especially by what Jessica Chastain can do. Uh, that film uh, got its debut at the uh, Toronto International Film Festival, uh, and uh, it is scheduled to be released uh, September 17th by Searchlight Pictures. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, the name of that film. Awesome. And uh, I'll talk about Gucci, another Ridley Scott film. Uh, so this is kind of a high-class uh, crime thriller drama, um, and it's about the, uh, the, the Gucci empire, and there's some sort of kind of conspiracy, and there, there's maybe an assassination, from what I understand. And uh, this one also has Adam Driver, so Adam Driver's working with two Ridley Scott Double features <laughs> this year. And um, also Lady Gaga is in this, uh, coming off a few years ago, just her incredible performance in A Star Is Born. Um, here she is back again in the spotlight, uh, or the Hollywood spotlight. She's always in the spotlight somehow yeah. or another. Adam Driver has completely disappeared into this. He almost looks like Austin Powers in, <laughs> in a few of these shots. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also Jared Leto was in this and completely, just completely disappears into this other incredible makeup. Yeah. And um, this is looks like it's going to uh, definitely clean up some and uh, just going to be kind of a going to be a powerhouse this award season. And uh, it's one of those that even just the trailer kind of like just overwhelmed me with it's just like raw, raw power. And um, I'm just very excited to see Gucci and, uh, you know, see some good Ridley Scott cinema this, uh, this award season. Well, you, you were talking earlier about kind of production design, costumes, and hair. Wes Anderson has got a very distinctive style when you see his uh, colors, his color palette, production design, uh, cinematography. He's got a film uh, opening on October 22nd called The French Dispatch. Uh, it's a tribute to old school journalism and it's set in this French town uh, and it, it looks at the magazine culture of a, a magazine kind of like The New Yorker. Bill Murray is in this, Tilda Swinton, um, Timothy, what's his name? Timothy Chalamet. There you go. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, Francis McDormand, and Owen Wilson are all uh, a part of this cast and if you like Wes Anderson, uh, you're probably going to enjoy the, the weirdness and the quirkiness of the French dispatch. Yeah. And uh, last, uh, Dune, uh, you know, it's been, it's kind of been heralded as the, uh, the cinematic event of, um, of the past few years. And it seems like it could be the next step in like cinematic evolution just with its in forms of pure technical filmmaking. Uh, and it had its premiere at Venice and uh, all the hype that had been building for so long. Seems like it delivered on that. Um, and just the cast from top to bottom is absolutely stacked. Um, and Denis Villeneuve behind the camera. Um, anytime he, he steps up to the plate, he always delivers. Um, and we got Hans Zimmer as the composer for this. Uh, you know, Christian Jessup, our, our good friend. Yeah, Christian Jessup yeah, yeah, yeah. is massive fan of Hans Zimmer. And uh, this just seems like it is built for the big screen, uh, but it is going to be one of those day and date on HBO Max. So, um, you know, how it fares the box office is still, uh, you know, that's still a question to be answered for another time. But uh, I'm definitely going to be there, hopefully seeing this one in IMAX. And um, I am uh, Dune. If, um, yeah. it can, if it can just hit all those notes and, you know, check all those boxes that we kind of build up in our minds for it, I, I'm definitely on board. And we do want to let you know, it is part one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is, so, so there, there's a big gamble here with this there film. Is. Uh, it is a part one, so understand that going in as well. Uh, speaking of a gamble, uh, when I heard that uh, Kristen Stewart was uh, cast as Princess Diana, um, I really didn't know where that was going to be going uh, in the film called Spencer. Uh, but 
everything that's coming out of uh, a recent festival saying that she may be getting some Oscar Oscar buzz is happening uh, with, with her performance as Princess Diana in this kind of biographical psychological drama, much in the same way that we saw Jackie done a few years ago, and it's done by the same director. Uh, I, I'm intrigued. Uh, Sally Hawkins uh, also stars in this film uh, that will get a November 5th uh, release date. Well, we don't have time to go into too many more. There's so many uh, happening in the fall, but any uh, two or three that you just want to mention that you're looking forward to without going into too many details? Oh uh, Yeah, Nightmare Alley, the uh, Guillermo del Toro horror flick. Also, Finch, which is Tom Hanks' film directed by Miguel uh, Sapochnik, who's directed a few of the best episodes of uh, Game of Thrones. And, of course, The Matrix, The Eternals, Bond 25, Spider-Man No Way Home, a few of those blockbusters that uh, we're, all, we're all equally Absolutely. And, and if you're a, a Clint Eastwood fi uh, fan, you can uh, check out Cry Macho as well. It'll be released a little bit later. That's been a movie that's been in the making since 1975. So when that comes out, I'll give you some more details and review that for you for sure. Uh, movie quote of the week. Uh, this does come from Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. You know, it's the art of confusion. The art of confusion, it works great on stupid people. So there you go. Uh, share that with you right here on Meet Me at the Movies. We do appreciate you, uh, as always, taking the time to be with us. Uh, however you choose to do that. You can send us an email at info at c19.tv. Greg Tillman, thank you for uh, keeping things going, man. I really appreciate that. And uh, Thomas Manning, uh, thanks as always. I'm Nolte Manning II, and for this week on Meet Me at the Movies, that is a wrap. Many films to view Until we meet again Next time we see you we'll gladly fill you in we'll tell about the happy and the sad ones